Today we're going to talk about everything you need to know to put the best jumping mechanics in your video game. Hey everyone, how's it going? I hope you're having a good day. Today is the second ever um, Game Dev Field Guide episode, episode two. The topic for today is jumping mechanics. Um, we're going to get into all the things that make jumping mechanics, not just uh, pressing a button to go up and down. Uh, but before we start that, we have the idea jam. If you remember from last week, we're going to do an idea jam every week. Uh, we'll talk about the previous episode's idea, uh, and this is where I read submissions. From last week, the, I guess, rule set was kind of pretty open. It just said, tell me an uh, idea you have for a game. And this submission comes from Froglegs34. Uh, we kind of did direct messages, so I'll, I'll paraphrase how the conversation went, but uh the basic idea is a game where you play as the monsters against the adventurers. It's set in a fantasy world where you play as the main bad guy. You upgrade monsters trying to keep the adventurer away from your lair. It'll have crazy events similar to Dwarf Fortress and Wormworld. And the goal would be try and survive as long as possible. For Frog Legs, I have a game recommendation. It's called Dungeon Keeper. I think it's an older game from like the late 90s early 2000s but it basically is this premise and I know a lot of people really like it I've never played it myself but uh yeah I know it's highly regarded and as for Frog Legs 34 maybe you could make the uh a modern spiritual successor to this game and uh borrow a few ideas from there and then throw in some as you said some Rimworld Dwarf Fortress style uh aspects to it so yeah for next week's Idea Jam, uh, we're going to kind of go with the themed topic for today. I want you to design a game that is not a platformer where jumping is the primary mechanic. I think this could result in some really cool ideas, um, especially when we start talking about uh, genres that don't typically feature jumping. Like if someone goes out there and designs a 4x strategy game where jumping is the main mechanic i will 100 percent read that next week that would be <laughs> that would be a pretty uh crazy idea so with the idea jam out of the way let's uh move on to the body of today's episode so today's episode focuses on jumping mechanics and the first thing that you're gonna want to figure out when you're thinking about your jumping mechanics is how the controls are going to work. Bad jumping controls are immediately noticeable. Bad controls of any kind are really immediately noticeable. But uh, good jumping controls, it's like a subtle thing, but it definitely upgrades your game. And that's why it's important to have tight controls because if it's bad, everyone's going to know it as soon as they play it. And um, if it's good, they might not say like, oh, wow, the jumping controls are great, but they'll just feel it when they're controlling the character. 
So the first thing you really got to think about is the basics of how your jumping works. Um, something as simple as how many times you can jump can totally change your game or be a mechanic in itself. Um, another big one you're going to want to consider is whether or not you can move in the air. And this will kind of, we'll expand on this some more, why this is important. But um, yeah, so the first thing you got to do is think about, you know, how many times can you jump and um, can you move in the air, things like that. Uh, maybe how the momentum of your character transfers into the jump. Um, a subtle thing that really controls how the f jump feels, it may not be noticeable right away, is actually how your character falls after they reach the peak of the jump. So we know in real life that jumps kind of have a parabolic form. And by parabolic, I mean um, it just goes up, it reaches a peak, and it goes down. And it comes from like a parabola, which is a graph that kind of looks like a shell or like a umbrella. And in real life, that's how physics are, right? You you jump, and your your peak acceleration is right at the beginning, and then it slowly tapers off till you reach the height of your jump, and then you accelerate down back to Earth at the speed of gravity. And you would think in a video game, okay, well, that's how I'm going to design my um, jumping, but most video games actually don't do it this way. The most famous example is in Mario. Um, in Mario, after you reach the peak of your jump, or when you let go of the button, actually, you accelerate um, three times as fast down. I'm not sure if it's exactly three times, but it's the point is it's faster on the way down. Um, and you don't start accelerating down until you let go of the button. So the longer you hold the button, the higher you go up to at, to a certain point. And once you let go of the button, you accelerate much faster down. Doing it this way allows your character to feel a lot less floaty. And it just feels a whole lot better, and it feels a whole lot more like jumping that people are used to in video games instead of what happens in real life, which kind of sounds uh, backwards or may not be the first thing you think of. But trust me, if you go try this in Unity, and I encourage everybody to try it in Unity, make a function where your character just goes up and down on a, on a perfect parabola, and then make a function where your character goes up and then when you let go of the button they accelerate down faster um, if you don't know how to do this I'll leave a YouTube link in the show notes and there's a really good video by what's the name of that channel again it's a really good YouTube video by board to bits games uh, the title of it is better jumping in unity with four lines of code so in there he'll show you the code and That'll give you everything you need to play around with it, and it's a really good video. I recommend you uh, check it out. Now, accelerating down faster is not a hard rule, and oftentimes um, the most fun mechanics and the most innovation comes from breaking the rules. Um, and a good example of this exception is Super Meat Boy, which is a platforming game probably from the... When did that come out? Like mid to late 2000s around there I think it was it was a hit on the 360 I think but yeah anyways Meat Boy 
um, does follow a parabolic function when he jumps, but the levels are designed to accommodate this fact and kind of makes it so that this floaty jump is actually more desirable than a jump where you accelerate down uh, faster after you let go of the button. And this brings me to my next point. When you're thinking about how your jumping is going to work in your game, make sure you consider your level design. Um, Meat Boy has a lot of vertical platforming levels, and it has a wall grab and jump feature, a feature where if you jump into a wall, you can jump off the wall, kind of like a, a double jump. And this allows Meat Boy to climb up vertically. And so a parabolic jump where it's a little bit more floaty kind of helps in this whereas if you had a jump where when you let go of the button you accelerated down that would actually be bad because it would be much harder to grab the walls and kind of bounce your way up the vertical level and level design is kind of a key structure that goes hand in hand with uh, fun jumping mechanics I mean you can have the funnest jumping mechanics in the world but if your level design isn't great then you know there's nothing to jump on there's nothing to parkour over um and i'll probably do a whole episode on level design but just for now let's think about what makes a good uh fun level to traverse and just to keep things simple let's think about it in the 2d sense um most of the advice in this episode is i'm talking specifically about 2d but it works for 3d games but so let's think of a 2D um, platforming level and think about the aspects that make it fun. So first off, we're probably going to want um, things to dodge in the first place. So enemies or hazards. Let's just keep it simple and let's let's just go with hazards for now. So we got some hazards um, on the floor, let's say. Maybe a, a spiky floor or something you have to jump over. Now... Having just spiky floors for the entire game would be pretty boring. So we got to think of ways to challenge the player. And the first way is going to be to vary the places that the player encounters the hazards. So maybe we have uh, spiky ceilings and walls and stuff like that. And I know what you're thinking Am I listening to a podcast that just tells me to not put spiky floors down, but also ceilings? <laughs> like anyone who's ever played a video game would know that. But it's important to um, think about the placement of these things. So when you place a spiky ceiling, don't just randomly put them in there. Put them in places where you're forcing the player to make a choice or forcing the player to time the jump just perfectly so that they don't hit their head on the spiky ceiling but they don't also run into the spiky floor and you really got to think about your placement and force the player to make hard choices or hard um sort of have a quick reaction time to dodge these dodge these things one of the ways i like to make a challenging platforming level is to establish a pattern of jumping and then swiftly change the pattern and have the player have to make like a split second reaction to change it so maybe you get them into like a you lull them into a, a pattern where it's like you know they're timing it and they say okay jump 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 
And then if they keep following that pattern, they're going to run into a spiky trap. So they got to go like jump, 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 something like that. Man, I should be like a 90s hip hop uh, background hype man. Another thing you should consider when designing your level is just think about the overall speed that a player moves. Um, If it's kind of a high speed, like horizontal thing, maybe you want to uh, spread out your, you know, your traps and stuff and spread out the level because you're going to be moving at a horizontal pace a lot faster. Um, And this is kind of where we get into when we talk about speed is, is your momentum going to carry over into the jump and can you control your character whilst you're in the air? And when I say control, I mean, you know, left, right, up, down. Um, We'll talk later in the episode about midair actions. But for now, I mean... Can you change your momentum midair? And most of the time, I like to avoid letting the player change their momentum in air. I think this is because um, it's a lot more interesting to me to have the player make a decision and then be stuck in, in that decision when you're kind of in the middle of a jump. Um, if you make the wrong decision and can like cancel out of it um, without using a midair action like a double jump, then it's kind of not really a, a platforming jumping game anymore. It's more like a like a flying game or something. And it's fine to have tight midair controls in a flying game, but in a jumping game, it's a lot uh, more fun to, you know, have to look before you leap, so to speak. And uh, if you don't look before you leap or you miss time you jump, there's going to be consequences. And, yeah, that's what makes... A platformer fun is having things to dodge and then you know perfectly timing your jumps um, so that you do dodge them and get through the level. So now let's move on to one of the other key features of the Mario example and uh, the, how the jumping mechanics work in that. And obviously, one a big part of that is jumping on Goombas and Koopas' heads, uh, jumping on enemies to remove them from the level. And this is where Mario's design in his jumping mechanics really shine. Because if you'll remember, um, how it works in Mario is you press the jump button, you go up to a certain height, there's a max height. The longer you hold the button, uh, the closer you get to that max height. Then after you let go of the button, you quickly accelerate down. But you kind of float on the way up slowly and quickly accelerate down. It's not a perfect parabolic jump like it is in Meat Boy or how it would be in real life. And this is a pretty smart way of designing your jumping system in a game where you're going to be jumping onto things. Because if you think about it, um, you're really helping your player uh, achieve success in landing on the enemies if they're able to kind of slowly hover up. And then once they have it lined up, quickly accelerate down. Um, if it was parabolic, it'd feel real floaty, and they might, you know, float right over the enemy on accident. So, yeah, Mario obviously is the platforming gold standard, um, and the one thing they really, really get right is they considered the reason for jumping, which in most cases was jumping on the enemy's heads, and designed their jumping system to aid the player in achieving that. So another thing we kind of glossed over a few times um, 
is the jump height and how the player can affect the jump height the longer they hold the button. Um, this is a good idea and it really helps the feel because I think we've all played platforming games before when you have like a really long jump and you like run up to it and you kind of like hold your breath and you kind of, I think about like my brother, he kind of like flicks the controller up a little bit or he like moves his body as if that's going to help him make the jump. And some people kind of like make a noise or like, <laughs> you know, um, I think we've all, I think we've all played games where it feels like that. And part of that is because um, those games really nailed the jumping feel. And a good way to nail the jumping feel is to change the, or have a variable height of your jumps depending on how long the person holds the button down. So for big long jumps, you know, you can hold the button down, you can hold your breath and make the noise, but you want to have like short hops too, um, where you maybe just kind of tap the button a little bit and do just kind of like a little uh, short hop. And having this variable height is going to do um, two things. One, it's going to increase the kind of depth of your jumping system so that um, there's more than one way to get around an obstacle. Maybe one obstacle calls for short hops while the other one needs like one big jump or maybe you can start getting into combinations of those so a little hop then a big one or two big ones and then a little one. Um, it just adds a lot of variety to your game and two it's going to give your player some options in how they want to you know beat an obstacle maybe you intended it to be one long jump but they can figure out how to do it in two short jumps i found in all of my time of game dev that um the best control schemes are often the ones that give the players the most choice and i think adding variable height to your jumps is giving your players um, more choice and really increasing the depth of your control scheme. So another way to add depth to your control scheme is adding mid-air actions. And what do I mean by mid-air actions? Well that's something that when you're in the middle of a jump you can do to maybe change the trajectory of your jump or even have a whole different thing with a different system in the game but uh, jumping either adds or subtracts from that system. So first, let's talk about changing your trajectory of your jump. Um, the classic form of this is obviously the double jump. The double jump's been in jumping games for as long as they've been around, and it's because it's um, one of the best, most fun mid-air action events you can put in. It just works well. And I think it works well because it kind of gives players when we talked about that uh look before you leap thing it kind of gives players the ability to not look maybe once and when they jump and then they can finally see and they're like uh oh i better or i missed time a jump or i gotta change how i'm gonna jump they kind of get one second chance it's not a full-on you can cancel out of the bad decision you made it's more of like a double or nothing you get to change the bad decision and maybe come out better for it and again, having a double jump just gives your player, again, more versatility and kind of deepens the controls a little bit and gives your player more options to maybe um, instead of one big jump, you know, they can do a, a middle jump and then midair 
do a double jump and get across your obstacle in a different way that you intended and that actually adds some depth to the game um and like i said the more options your player have to navigate the level the more fun it'll be because you'll just reach a wider audience and i think we know that everyone kind of thinks about things a little bit differently and if you give your player the options to truly get through the level in the way that they see fit um, I think they'll have a lot more fun and double jumps aren't the only mid-air action um, like I mentioned before in Meat Boy there's a wall grab um, and this is an interesting mid-air action um, because it kind of turns the platforming on its side so to speak so traditionally you know you jump up to a platform that's horizontal to the ground then you maybe jump onto another horizontal platform but a wall grab kind of tilts that 90 degrees and now you have to jump up to a wall and quickly bounce off the wall maybe off another wall and uh yeah it kind of adds a nice sense of momentum and it's good for levels if you have a vertical um level design it's good for that that way you can kind of like bounce up the walls and kind of keep that momentum going it also builds a kind of a big form of pressure vertical level design and wall jumping wall grabbing because um if you fall off a horizontal platform maybe just fall onto the next lower horizontal platform but if you're wall bouncing um let's say you do three wall bounces in a row and you get really high up then there's no horizontal platform to go land back on and um so yeah it's kind of like a high risk high reward where if you execute a bunch, you can go really far, but if you fail one of them, then you can also fall really far. And yeah, I think that's an interesting dynamic that uh, happens with wall grabbing and wall bouncing. So what are some other mid-air actions we can think of? And um, a word of advice for the Idea Jam next week, it would be pretty cool to come up with unique mid-air actions. I think a lot of the innovation in platformers these days are coming from um, your changes of, to your mid-air action. And so when you're going to your idea jam, maybe consider that. Maybe come up with a really cool um, mid-air action. But anyway, so let's think of other mid-air actions. I got one for you. How about a 360 snipe in Call of Duty? Now, I don't think the game designers intended for 360 snipes to happen, but they do. If you're not familiar, in Call of Duty you can turn your um, sensitivity way up, jump off a roof, do a quick 360 spin, and then <laughs> right when you mid-air 360, you pull up your sniper and shoot somebody, and it's kind of like a trick shot. And it's it's a pretty low percentage. I'm not saying it's a strategy that everyone does. In fact, <laughs> it's not a strategy that people, I don't I think, who are trying to win do. But uh, it's super satisfying when someone hits one. It's really cool, and you can go look at highlight tapes on YouTube. Um, it's pretty fun. But that's a good example of how adding depth to your jumping system, maybe not intended in this case, but how uniquely players can sort of run away with the options that you give them. And I would call that a mid-air action. You could probably design a whole game around 360 sniping you could do a whole fps game where all you can do is 360 snipe like your gun won't shoot unless in the last second you 
rotated 360 degrees. I think you'd have to play to like the first person to like one kill <laughs> because I don't think uh, very many people would be hitting the shots, but still that's an interesting mid-air action in um, sort of a 3D sense. And while we're talking about 3D um, moving and jumping systems, I want to talk about probably the best that I have ever played, and that's um, Titanfall. If you've never played Titanfall, it's a game where uh, you control, it's called the pilot, and there's big mechs, and then there's pilots, and the pilots kind of zip line up to the mechs. But the jumping and um, movement system for the pilots outside of the mechs is incredible. With the zip line and the jumping and the sliding, it's really cool and it offers a lot of interesting mid-air actions. For one, you have shooting mid-air, um, but also for two, you can shoot your little zip line into other players and mid-air kind of run into them and kill them. And yeah, that game is full of super interesting mid-air actions. And if you're looking for ideas for your 3D um, game, if you're looking for not only tight controls and tight movement, but cool jumping mechanics, I think you should start your research with Titanfall uh, 2. So just to kind of wrap it up here, um, the big thing with jumping mechanics is how they feel. Um, like I said earlier in the episode, everybody, when they first pick up your game, will know if your jumping mechanics are, don't feel good. They'll know the first time they press the button. But if it's a good jumping system, they might not know right away, but it'll just give them a feeling of, like, this is fun to control. This is a fun game to play. And the fun factor comes from how you design your jumping system. Some of the key elements are how your character behaves after you let go of the jump button in terms of falling down. Um, do they fall fast like in Super Mario or do they kind of float in a parabolic way in Meat Boy? Another important thing to consider is your level design. Like what kind of things are there to jump over and how are those things positioned in a way that gives the player interesting decisions to make or have to react quickly or maybe the player can show off their ingenuity in jumping around the obstacles in a way that most people didn't think of but because your controls are so deep they can kind of express themselves in almost an artistic way in their problem solving and an another key thing to consider is your mid-air actions these are things like your double jumps your wall grabs your mid-air 360 shooting um, mid-air actions can add an interesting another level of difficulty but can also give your players the option to get out of a bad decision like maybe they press the jump button too soon and uh, they're not going to make it all the way across the gap but luckily with your mid-air action they can kind of save themselves so yeah those are some of the key factors you want to think about when uh, designing the jumping system for your game if you're curious to learn more, you can check the show notes. Uh, I linked a couple YouTube videos there that are pretty good and have uh, cool examples from games like Mario and Meat Boy. And uh, they offer a little bit of code for those of you who maybe aren't strong coders yet. Um, 
it's just a copy and paste code. You can put it right into Unity and you can start messing around with your own uh, jumping mechanics in Unity. So don't forget to send in your idea jam ideas. Uh, you can send those to me at ZFleming31 on Twitter. That's at ZFleming31 on Twitter. Or you can email my company at Cottage Street Interactive at gmail.com. That's Cottage Street Interactive, all spelled out, at gmail.com. Remember, the Idea Jam rules were design a game where jumping is the main mechanic, but the game's genre is not a platformer. And if you design a 4X strategy game with jumping, um, <laughs> you win. So maybe think of a 4X, think about how that could work. I don't know how that's going to work, but if you can figure it out, like I said, you win. All right, I've been uh, Zachavelli, your host. Uh, remember to buy extra revives, and I'll see you next week.